0: Hey, welcome to the Sharing Jesus Podcast, where we share stories, awesome ministry moments, and everything in between. I am excited about today's episode. We have a special guest with us today, but join with me, as always, we have our lead pastor, Michael Reese, our associate pastor, Sean Collins, and our student pastor, Rob Cox. With Rob, we also have another special guest, Rowan. Yeah, she his, is here with me today. His little girl. And man, I'm excited about today's episode because we have a missionary uh, who is near and dear to a lot of our hearts, Sean Welchman, who is in Flagstaff, Arizona, and he is via phone call. How are you doing, Sean?
1: Hey, doing well. Thank you all for having me.
0: Yeah, we're excited that you were able to join us today. Uh, we know we had some scheduled conflicts, and we weren't able to do it a few days ago, uh, but we are here now, uh, live from Benton. And Sean, is he, you're two hours behind, right?
1: Yes, sir, currently.
0: Yeah, so... So we're recording about one o'clock. So
2: it's about eleven. Yeah, Arizona. They don't do the daylight savings time. The whole state. So they're 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 back. Yeah. So we're excited about today's
0: episode. Like I said, and and we're just really going to get to know Sean today. We're going to talk a lot about their mission there in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, so Sean. Talk to us about, you know, where you're at, where, uh, you know, Flagstaff is at. Because, you know, some people that listen to this, you know, they may not know exactly. Some people may not even know
3: exactly where Arizona's at. If you show me a map, I know where Arizona is. Not sure I could pinpoint Flagstaff without it being on the map. On the map, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, talk to us a little bit about Flagstaff. uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, Flagstaff is located north central of Arizona. Um, it intersects with two interstates. In fact, I-40, which runs right through Little Rock, uh, runs right through Flagstaff. So being in Arkansas, you know, I always feel connected back home hmm. by, uh, by Interstate 40. And then uh, Interstate 17, which connects to Phoenix. So we're two hours directly north of Phoenix. And um, a lot of people who may not have ever been to Arizona uh, or been through Flagstaff, uh, whenever I tell them that I'm ministering in Flagstaff, Arizona, they immediately think that I'm ministering in a, a desert city right. where it's really hot, and uh, which it's actually polar opposite. Right. We, uh, we live in the middle of a national forest, uh, the largest ponderosa pine tree forest at an elevation of 7,000 feet. And uh, we're 6,906 to be exact. Right. We'll round up. and Yeah, we'll round up. And uh, so we live in an interesting environment here in Arizona, which makes for uh, a very interesting culture. Um, This is a very outdoors culture, a uh, nature-driven, nature-spiritualized culture. And uh, so we are here to minister to them. A lot of people who come here – uh come here just because of the type of environment it is because it feeds their new age mentality and spirituality and uh so we uh we try to reach that people group
0: yeah and and uh, I got to go to Flagstaff for the first time this past thanksgiving uh which was twenty twenty uh, I got to go with family up there and got to visit with y'all and if you've never been to flagstaff it is it's beautiful uh and you know you see pictures of arizona like you said and a lot of people think you know oh desert and hot all the time but you know flagstaff they they have it all really all seasons uh so it's a it's a really neat place and really cool people talk to us a little bit uh you know you you mentioned a little bit about the type of people that live there but uh talk to us a little bit more about that you know kind of the you know the difference in culture, you know, you came from Arkansas. You know where we're from, uh, so talk to us about you know the the culture change there.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a different culture. This is a, a cross cultural experience for me. Uh, growing up in the South and the Bible Belt, coming out here to where um, there are very few churches, very few God centered people. Yeah, um, the number one spiritual focus of people here. Is what what we call New Age. New Age is a it's a religious or spiritualized um, way of life. There's many different type of avenues you could take for to reach New Age. But just south of us in Sedona, is the New Age capital of the world. Um, so when I talk about that, you, you got to think about things like the occult or um, things such as crystals and and uh, people who would talk about auras and and spiritual forces right. around them, talking about negative energy, things of that nature, uh, flow with this uh, new age mentality. It's essentially a uh, loose moral uh, way of philosophy of life in which you, you make up your own morality and you live by your own morality. Um, now, that also makes for a very pleasant culture because everyone is really kind. One of the first things you notice when you come to Flight Staff is how polite and how nice everyone is. Yeah, yeah. But what I've soon realized is that it's very surface level. Um so I can have a great conversation with someone but then they'll never talk to me again. Right. Especially right. if I bring up Jesus.
3: Mm, yeah, wow. That is a definite culture uh, change. A lot of people in Arkansas, we're about to talk about like church specifically in Flagstaff, in Flagstaff. So, real quick, tell us what the name of your church is.
1: So, the official name is Flagstaff Family Missionary Baptist Church, and that's what our LLC is, and all of our our papers and government stuff. But what we promote is Flagstaff Family Church, and. The why we do that is because if we put anything uh, on the church sign, so to speak, uh, it automatically closes a door and we can't reach anyone. Um, So what we do is when we have first-time guests come into our church, we actually hand them a pamphlet that says Flagstaff Family Missionary Baptist Church, what we believe, what we stand for, and we talk about it. So um, we're Flagstaff Family. Uh, missionary Baptist Church, fact, Seth Family Church to the people here.
3: Yeah, well, cool. So in, in Arkansas, and you kind of touched on this just a minute ago about the culture, you know, it seems like there's a church on every street corner. I know everybody jokes about that. There's churches everywhere. Uh, I think in my hometown of Camden, Arkansas, it's like 67 churches, and the population is like 13,000. There's like 67 churches. And I'm like, wow, where does everybody go to church? Well, there's 67 of them. You can go to church somewhere. So out in Flagstaff, after saying that stuff, um, what is it like when you uh, say church, like here, oh, hey, the church is going to help out, the church is going to do this, oh, the church is sponsoring this, and they're doing that? Is it the same out there, or, or is it kind of like a weird thing to mention church?
1: Yeah, very weird thing to mention church. In fact, um, I, one of the questions I asked when I first came here is, what do y'all think about uh, a new church in the city. Hmm. And the number one response would be we have enough churches. Yeah. Uh cool. we're we're talking about a city of of 75,000 plus people and there's less than 50 churches. Less than well, right around 30 churches uh for 75,000
3: people. Wow, that's a big um, difference.
1: And and absolutely and I and I'm using church loosely. I'm talking about Mormons, I'm talking about Catholic and yeah. everything else and anything that has church in its thing. Um, and so people automatically say, "Yeah, we've got enough churches, but these churches are running fifty people, uh-huh. and so they're reaching a very small percentage."
3: Right. Um,
1: so when you mention church, uh, if you mention any type of a religious experience, it automatically turns the entire dynamic of the conversation. Um, you're you're having this joyful, interesting conversation. Someone's excited to get to meet someone new. You mentioned church; it the it dies. Wow. immediately mm, yeah
2: you, you kind of uh talked about just those things and i'm thinking about you kind of you have a situation with church and kind of what rob was talking about uh what what makes it happen oh uh, how does you know we're going to talk about your mission real quick just uh how does the welchman family and uh you as obviously the missionary himself how how are you going about reaching those people? What what are some things you've tried maybe that you said well didn't work, and now are you maybe trying some new things? So there's definitely the pre-COVID
1: answer to that, and the post-COVID. Answer oh wow, to
2: that. I didn't even um, think about minutes- that. Well, yeah, just uh, kind of hit maybe some goals or Uh, ways you were doing it pre and then why you were doing it after and now how you're doing it.
1: So pre COVID, um, we were staying constantly busy with our oldest son Hunter and in his sports and activities in school, which gave us this excellent opportunity to constantly have conversations with new people uh, several times a week. And so that was a great resource that we utilized in order to reach people and gain relationships. And pre-COVID, because we launched our church in January of 2020, and so when we did that, we launched with people that we met in those environments Mm. and that we were able to uh, form relationships with, and they ended up coming. But what was crazy was the people that were coming were atheists. They were Catholic. um, They were people who had been, who tried church once, but got torn up, they were agnostic. There was only three people out of 20 plus who we ended up with before COVID hit that were any type had any type of spiritual beliefs. Um, and so that was really neat for us uh, just to use that mechanism, uh, use our, our son's activity to reach people because it allowed for the relationship post COVID. During COVID, everything shut down here. This it wasn't like the South. I remember going uh, back to a conference in Texas um, back in uh, I believe it was in January, where no one wore masks and everyone engaged with one another. It made uh, Teller and I excited, uh, and it also made us very uncomfortable because yeah. the culture we've been living in, you don't have we. It was very difficult to have any conversation with anyone yeah. um, during COVID. And it's still that way here now. Uh, Arizona lifted their mask mandate, but everyone in Flagstaff still wears it hmm. and still stays distant. So my goal in order to combat that, because there's no longer the activities with Hunter and the ways we did ministry prior, is I have intentional uh, goal in my life where I had to have three intentional gospel conversations with a person per week. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's way more than what was happening. And um, the way I go about it is a lot different than I would before. So it's really changed uh, my ministry and how Um. I operate out here.
4: Yeah. So, um, Sean, this is uh, Sean here. Been kind of quiet. So we've kind of talked about kind of the church name, kind of the mission, uh, as well as a couple of, uh, of goals that you mentioned. Um, we've also kind of talked about the cultural uh, challenges. Uh, of course, you know, we are sitting here in the in the Bible Belt. Um, I actually have kind of stopped saying the Bible Belt, and you'll hear me say the church belt based on what mm-hmm. um, uh, Rob has, has mentioned. Uh, what I found in my time of ministry is kind of a – a uh, different, um, idea in the sense of, uh, people are religious. Uh, they, um, they may study the Bible. They, they may know facts about, uh, the Bible. They can tell you all of the, um, you know, uh, Jonah and Noah and Abraham and then, uh, James and John and, and Paul. Um, but ultimately when it comes down to it, sometimes they, um, you know, they don't really adhere to what the Bible says, even though they may mention it. Talk to me about, uh, you mentioned some of the relationships that you hope to form, um, but talk to me, kind of walk me through kind of an initial uh, goal when you, when you meet somebody, which is that gospel conversation. But uh, can you talk to me about some just um, kind of short-term goals as well as long-term goals uh, when you, Uh, moving forward and and when you meet folks and I know that's kind of a a roundabout way to get there but hopefully that makes sense.
1: Yeah I I think I understand where you're going with so when I meet someone I allow the the conversation to to kind of drive me on the direction I go which is two directions Um, and a moment to where I witness to them right then and there or to um, uh, the opportunity of leaving the door open to Talking to them later. And the reason for this is uh, Flagstaff sees over 5 million tourists a year. So we have a huge influx of tourists in the city at any given time. About 90,000 a week, I think is what that averages out to. I don't know. Wow. Don't check my math. Wow. Uh, yeah, don't check my math, though. <laughs> but, anyways. <laughs> So there's a lot of times when I meet people who aren't from Flagstaff. When I don't meet someone from Flagstaff, I'll witness to them right then and there. Um, I'll I'll use whatever technique I, I feel in the moment, um, if I have a track, whatever the case may be, what to use, and I'll witness to them. If it's someone who lives in Flagstaff and is part of the Flagstaff culture, I always leave that door open to a conversation yeah. later. And the reason for that is I have found every time – I witnessed to someone right there and I'm kind of Jesus Christ out on the cross for your sin witness to them. Um, I never get an opportunity to talk to them ever again. Mm. Uh, in fact, so much to the point where when we first started this journey, uh, I remember the first time I witnessed to someone who actually lived in Flagstaff. I was at one of Hunter's basketball games. And this was a guy that I had been talking to for a while. It's like, oh, you know what? I like this guy. I want to witness to him and see see where he's at and, and, and try to lean to the Lord And uh, if he doesn't know the Lord. And so I did that at Hunter's game. And the next game where we had sat three previous games prior, he sat on the complete opposite end of the, the court and walked right past me when I tried to say hi to him. And would never engage me. And that happened uh, several other times of just being completely ignored. So what I found Mm. out is that if I don't let them know how much I care about them, they're not going to care what I have to say to them. Right. And so relationship building um, is that evangelistic technique that I've been successful with in some regards. And I
0: think so many people, it's not that they... It's not that they fail to understand or don't understand. Of course, you know, there's so many people in our churches today, you know, they're not called to be missionaries. They're never on the mission field. Uh, but sometimes they don't understand how important it is to build those relationships before you just, not to say in a weird way, but before you just start walking on the street and smacking people on the side <laughs> of the head with the gospel. Yeah. Uh, because, and, like you said,
2: it's important for those people to
4: like know well, even, you. Even
2: and, Jesus adjusted his conversation depending on the person he was talking to.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, one of the things that you know that I'm learning, even where we're at, and and I think I hear you saying is that we uh, we as God's people, we need to learn how to listen well. And I mean, yeah. we have the answer. Uh, we know the hope is found in Jesus. But if we lead off with jesus it can like you've talked about close doors but if we listen truly listen and not try to use somebody as a means to an end because they're not a project so if we listen well then that'll lead us to loving well and then that will lead us to leading someone and and planting seeds and and having those gospel conversations amen if you well, hear. that's
1: exactly right And if you talk to any minister in this culture, that's always the success story. Mm. Relationship is always the success story. Mm.
4: So with that, I mean, what we're talking about doing, Sean, and what you are doing and you're modeling and telling us about is the type of ministry that you're doing is going to take time. It's not easy. So what are some goals that you and your family have moving uh, forward?
1: So personally, I have been really burdened about men in the church. Mm. Uh, Pre-COVID, we had quite a few men who attended uh, FFC, Black Sabbath Family Church. And since COVID, we've had none. The personal goal for me is to engage in men. Now, we all know that if you don't have the, the man of the house, you don't have the spiritual leader of the house. Yeah. Uh, a lot of women out here are trying to be the spiritual leader. And it, it just it doesn't work. And so my goal is to engage men. Um, then spreading out from that personal go to a, a church go, in two years, we would like to see the church to where it can uh, be financially stable enough to handle its own finances, and to where we've we've trained, we've taught, we've whatever. Uh, word you want to use here um, to a point where they can start to teach and disciple themselves. It's because even with the people we've had for the past year who have been faithful uh, every Wednesday night in attending our small group, they're nowhere near ready. Yeah, because they were being so spiritually in such so spiritual deficit and a Bible knowledge um, virtually non-existent where it takes time to to build that up like what y'all were talking about earlier and in the church culture back in the south the church belt bible belt whatever you want to call it you grow up in church you Mm -hmm. know those bible stories and so you can build upon those principles here it's non-existent you're starting from ground zero and so i feel like in two years um, to have that is great. Then we have our 10 year plan. Our 10 year plan is where we can be self sustaining. Um, right. Now, in our ABA, our association, we, they want that in five, but I don't see it practical. Now, mm. will we shoot for that? Absolutely. But you look at the churches that started here, planted here. I talked with all those uh, original pastors. It took them 10 to 20 years to plant those churches.
0: Right in this culture, well, there's so that yeah, there's so many so many times where you think about if you if you're discipling, you know, even two men uh, that that are fathers and families, sometimes that takes at least a whole year and sometimes longer to like, uh, I would say, you know, fully develop those men's into like leaders in the church and like i said year but sometimes longer and, and I've,
2: I've seen it too that and especially uh just visiting a couple times and experiencing some uh, a little bit of what sean's experiencing sean welchman is that uh <clears throat> you know he at the same time that you're maybe working with one or two guys and um uh, miss taylor's working with uh you know, two or three ladies, and uh, you know who one of them may be a single lady. And so you've got all of those dynamics that work out in uh, whether it be a mission or established church or church plant or whatever the situation is described as. And, and so, yes, you all have a challenge, and it's going to be uphill. And it's going to be where it's, God's going to have to do the work
0: yeah and yeah, so absolutely. as Sean, as we wrap up this first part of the 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 podcast um uh, we're about to take a break um you know I've heard it a couple of times you share statistics on on your journey and mm-hmm. to to entering the mission field and flagstaff so uh just share with us like kind of just your heart on like just why you chose to just plant a church somewhere like Flagstaff. you know some people say nowadays that the u s is the biggest mission field we have, uh, cause there's so many, uh, lost souls and people who just have this misrepresentation of the, the church and everything, but just kind of tell us your heart just real quick on just why you chose to just plant in Flagstaff.
1: Yeah. So, you know, statistics are really important because they give you a firmer understanding. It's not just opinionated. It gives you an understanding of the culture you're stepping into. Yeah. Um, and I'll get to those in a minute, but the why we chose Flagstaff, uh, we didn't. Um, I, had mm. never, I had never been to Arizona. I had never heard of Flagstaff like most people, no idea about Flagstaff. Um, I was pastoring a church in South Arkansas, and I was very happy there. We were doing a church revitalization work, and I had a lot of work left to do, a lot of work I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but God laid it on my heart. I heard the name Flagstaff on K-Love. And it just stuck with me. And so my wife and I, Taylor, we came out here and we visited the city and God just laid a huge burden on my heart. And for several months, I didn't understand what he was calling me to do. And he used a a fellow missionary by the name of Chase Reynolds who preached our national meeting uh, in Orlando, Florida, And he used him to speak to my heart, Mm. and I knew what God wanted us to do. It still took me a while to answer that call because my heart was still at the church I was Mm pastor. But after I finally came to terms with it, I knew what God wanted us to do. And then when I started looking at the statistics of the city, that's when my heart broke for the city. Um, This city represents... Uh, the the nature, the spiritual nature of our our country. Mm. Our country is in such a decline, and this city, I think, speaks volumes. So uh, currently, without the 2020 census data, uh, we have roughly 75,000 people in population inside the city, about 140 um, in the county surrounding. So about 75,000 in the city. We have a major university that makes up um, for an additional – about twenty-five thousand Northern Arizona University is here. About twenty-five thousand uh, on-campus students, and so you're looking at just a little over a hundred thousand people in the city. Out of that, ninety-two percent of them are unchurched. Out of that unchur or out of that seventy-one percent uh, of that population, they don't they profess no faith. Hmm. In fact, they they completely reject the deity of jesus christ and so when you're looking at a city where they're 92 percent on church that tells me that there's a huge huge spiritual problem here and so then you look at well what what religions are here what what spiritual nature is here well 11 percent is uh latter-day saints church of latter-day saints which are mormons so they're not preaching the truth then you have five percent which are catholic and then when you look at Baptists, the Baptists who are here make up for less than 1%. Wow. They, there's about 300 Baptists that exist in this city. So if you were to put that in, in y'all's culture um, where you're at in Bitten, Arkansas, if you just went down I-30, you took Bryant, you took Bitten, you took Haskell, Glenrose, and Malvern, and you combined all that together, you would have about the population of Flagstaff then you remove about 85% or more of the churches out of that, that those cities. And then you make Sharon the largest church in all of those cities, you would have Flagstaff. Wow. And so just that's hundreds, hundreds of churches to, to, to be where y'all are at. And we're at a fraction of that. Um, And we're not even talking about true churches. We're not talking about true gospel preaching churches either. So if you did that, I mean, you'd have to remove 99% of the churches to reach where we're at right now. And so there's a huge, huge problem, and it breaks my heart. I was talking to a pastor who planted the largest church here in Flagstaff, which runs less than 500 people. We had a conversation this morning, and he He spoke to me like this. He said, Sean, I've had a lot of of men come and go in this city trying to plant churches. He said, what you have to do is you have to go to the seminary and you have to buy a plot for you and your wife. I said, okay, that's that's a weird analogy. What do you mean? And he said, you're called to this city and you're going to feel a time come when it's too hard and you want to leave. You have to bury your call in this city in order to be successful for the gospel of jesus christ Hmm. and that spoke volumes to my heart Hmm. that people come and people go because of the difficulty that this 92 on church brings
0: yeah Hmm. that man those are some insane statistics and just that's awesome that you could compare that just to you know central arkansas here to somewhere you came from but hey um, we're excited to keep jumping and diving in to getting to know you and, and your goals and your mission and the future for Flagstaff Family Church. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back. So maybe you're just getting to work. Maybe you're listening to this podcast way too late and you need to go to bed, and uh, you can hop back on in the morning. Uh, but we're excited to get to know Sean more, get to know the mission more. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Sharing Jesus Podcast. This is Episode 6, Ministry in Flagstaff, Arizona. We have the same co-host as always, Michael Reese, Sean Collins, Rob Cox, and today's special guest, Sean Welchman. Sean, thank you again just so much for for being with us today.
1: Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys inviting me.
0: Yeah, so as as we're diving in, getting to know uh, you more, we're learning your heart behind the mission there in Flagstaff Family Church and the Welchman family. Uh, let's talk about, you know, ways people can pr- can pray for your family, ways people can play for uh, Flagstaff Family Church, and uh, ways people can connect with y'all.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I think the biggest prayer that we have here at Flagstaff Family Church or Flagstaff Arizona Church Plant um, is a missionary partner. I've been talking about this since day one of us coming on the mission field of doing our deputation, uh, we've desired a missionary partner, but it's not until this past year yeah. that we've realized how much we need a missionary partner. There is so much work to do here. Um, there's so many ways in which we could go and go faster and do better. Uh, and it, it's really not just the work either. It's It's the spiritual nature mm. of living life here. Uh, that we desperately need someone to come and join us so if you're and listening to the podcast right prayer. now
0: if you're listening to the podcast right now this may be the lord speaking to you huh.
1: Huh. that's right that's right and so definitely pray about it but um next to that and most recently within the past few months my deepest prayer has been that we can engage with the men in our in our culture here we can engage with the men in and lead men and, and bring men into our church. Cause right now, uh, it, it's a church. Uh, we just have, we just have ladies and my wife does a phenomenal ministry, but since COVID men have left hmm. and it's not just us, it's churches all over the city. Men, fellow pastors are, are calling out, crying out and saying, what's happening here. It's an epidemic. And so our prayers that we can reach the heart of men here in our city. Hmm. And, um, then I'll finish the prayer with uh, just be praying for our family through the battle of loneliness, through the uh, struggle that we have in raising our kids in this culture.
2: What about um, something, you know, since I pastor church and our church is a supporting church of uh, Flagstaff Family Church, what are some things that uh, people can do uh, besides just sending a check? Uh, Yes, pray. Uh, yes uh, finances help uh, uh you know pay the light bill and and uh, have a place to meet and all of that but are there any other things that uh, uh, churches can do uh, beyond those
1: absolutely we we love and we strive for communication um, communication is huge for us my wife loves taylor she loves to to receive, you know, just a card or a letter of encouragement in the mail. Hunter, Hunter goes out to the to the mailbox nearly every day and hopes that there's a letter out there for him. He just he, he gets a kick out of it. It it encourages him. He makes him feel connected to back home. Um, and so I and I love that. I love to see him get mail. Um, I think those are great ways. I've uh, had phone calls of, of fellow ministers. Um, who call me up every once in a while, just checking in that's huge because coming from and growing up in, in the Bible bell in central Arkansas, right outside of hot Springs and Manic Cove. Um, I grew up with that type of relationship constantly, uh, going to seminary at cabbie and then becoming an instructor. Um, that was always huge for me to have that daily conversation with people. Um, and it's something that's absent in our life and, and it takes a toll.
4: Mm. So, Sean, uh, of course, with two kids of of my own, I I know exactly what you mean by running out to the mailbox and and just uh, uh, what an exciting thing it is to get mail. Uh, Could you give us an address for uh, our listeners to be able to uh, to write to you all?
1: Absolutely. Um, So it's a long address, but uh, it's 4193 South Pheasant Run Drive. That's pheasant is in the bird run drive. And that's going to be Flagstaff, Arizona, eight six zero zero five. So four one nine three South Pleasant Run Drive, Flagstaff, Arizona, eight six zero zero five.
0: That's awesome, and, and that's a way y'all can uh, just encourage uh, the Welshman family, Sean. You can also, if you want to, uh, you can toss out uh, you know your email, and that's another way people can connect with you.
1: Absolutely, best email would be um, our church plant email which is flagstaffchurchplant at gmail.com
0: yeah and that's easy, another easy way to connect with sean and and obviously in this culture in this day and age social media is a huge way uh, honestly for people just to to notice a church in their own city that they may have never seen before uh, what are ways people can follow y'all and connect with you on social media
1: sure if you want to keep up with the work in a whole in its whole um, we have a, a Facebook uh, group, which is Flagstaff AZ Church Plant, and um, that's a great way to check out the work in a whole. But if you want to even plug in deeper than that and see our day-to-day weekly stuff going on with Flagstaff Family Church, um, we also have that on, on Facebook and on Instagram. So Flagstaff Family Church.
4: That's awesome. And, uh, what Either about way. facebook uh what about you mentioned facebook what about myspace <laughs> no you know we just never got around
2: to oh. yep. Yeah, Caleb doesn't even remember that one
0: no I saw somebody tweeted the other day that said y'all pray for my friend I found out he still had an active myspace account <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs> which,
0: no. which I don't think is possible that's cool man Sean uh yeah, we're, we'll, we're definitely praying for y'all. We're excited. You're our first, you know, missionary guest. You're our first guest on the Sharing Jesus podcast, and it's been an awesome episode. And as we wrap up this episode, we got some hot seat questions for you. So we're going to go okay. around, and we I think we all have two questions each, so we're going to ask a question. Is there like a time limit? No, we're just we want him to answer I, I, it as fast as he can. When when uh, when he answers a certain question, it'll be the next person. Right when you hear him answer it, we'll just keep going. There's gonna there's gonna be some up tempo music going for this hot seat questions. All right, so you ready, Sean? I hope so. All right, you ready? Here, first question. We're gonna just start. There's gonna be eight total. All right, Chick Fil A or Raising Canes?
1: Ah, Chick Fil A.
2: All right, I need your favorite corny joke. Your oldest son Hunter tells
1: oh goodness i don't know if i can narrow one down <laughs> there's so many and uh i better I'm put, put him on the hot seat I <laughs> take yeah i can't <laughs> think of it there you ever want a corny joke you just ask my son
2: yeah.
1: he will come up with
2: one there you go
4: coffee hot tea or energy drink
1: <sighs> uh coffee if it's social energy drink if i'm just trying to get through the day
3: favorite restaurant in Flagstaff in case somebody wants to come visit?
1: Oh, man, yes. Mike and Rhonda's the place all the way. Best breakfast, biscuits. Can't even hold it in two hands. Mm, They're so big.
0: That's awesome. All right, favorite podcast right now?
1: Um, This one, of course. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I've, I've been attached to... Craig Rochelle's uh, leadership podcast so for good. quite a few years. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, but Ralph Moore Mobilization of the Church has been been pretty good as well.
2: Mm. What's your current hobby that you're doing right now? Ooh, fishing.
1: I uh, I had bought a boat. Uh, oh, this is hot seat so it's got to be real quick. Uh, <laughs> real quick, bought a boat. COVID, trying to engage with some men. COVID came in, messed it up. i rebuilt, tore it all the way down to its ribs, rebuilt it. Um, I've really enjoyed messing around with it and going fishing. That's good.
4: Cool. What book are you reading right now?
1: I'm actually rereading. Um, I read it probably a year, year and a half ago, and I'm rereading it now. But Tony Evans' Kingdom Man, um, I just felt led to pick it back up, and so I've been rereading it.
3: Okay uh, me and Rowan have a question for you. Top family activity to do in Flagstaff.
1: We love going to the park. We have a little big little playground across from our house, but we have a park that we walk to. Huge field, huge playground. Hunter can go ride his bike on some bike trails. Uh, we just love going out there. We may take a ball, we may take a frisbee um, or we may just go walking. so we really enjoy that.
4: I think I, I wrote down one more real quick. Shoveling snow or sitting in the sand?
1: Oh goodness, sitting in the sand. I'm tired of snow.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> the a great sand.
3: one.
4: And instead of second uh,
1: snowiest city in America, <laughs> if you didn't wow. know, 120 inches a year. We had
3: 164 this
4: year. Hey, we got ten inches and that was like the the most I've seen in I a long telling
3: time. You. Yeah, it was a bunch. And right now, since I'm drinking a sonic drink, what's your favorite sonic drink?
1: All right, Coke Zero with cherry and vanilla, no ice
0: no ice guy oh my wow. the, the soda the guy. soda is all always it's always cold already so yeah, you That's do right. get more to drink so if you get don't more
1: drink and it tastes better
0: if you don't know sean after this episode then obviously you just did not have the volume turned up or didn't have headphones on so sean sean <laughs> thanks for joining us today it's it's been a lot of fun to get to know you more know more about flagstaff family church about arizona hey and and if you don't know much about arizona if you ever want to take a trip out there i i definitely believe that sean and taylor would love to to visit with you come in and stay and have a meal with you and your family arizona and especially flagstaff is a beautiful place like sean said for families because there's so much to do it's like an adventure land out there it's really cool and as we wrap up the podcast today i'm gonna i'm gonna ask pastor if he would just to say a quick prayer for you know the welshman family and flagstaff family church and 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 all that they're doing there in arizona
2: all right not only my my uh son-in-law but my brother in christ and uh and married to my daughter and got my grandsons there and they're The oldest one's corny jokes, and the other one's uh, mischievous, and uh, they both like to have fun. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, I just pray right now that you would just please bless uh, Brother Sean and his family, his work that you have called him to do. Father, that you would send uh, who you want to be their missionary partner, and uh, praying that if that's your will, that that person would respond. Uh, to that um, Pull uh, By the Holy Spirit Father I Pray for their health I pray for their encouragement I pray that people would uh, Reach out to them And uh, give them the strength And endurance To reach a difficult field And continue to plant Seeds of the gospel We ask this In Jesus name Amen
0: Amen Hey thanks Sean Again for joining us uh, we, We're we so glad that That you got to be On the episode today We pray that uh, all that are listening today, that you've been encouraging away, and maybe this was the Lord's calling for you to go to Flagstaff because uh, Sean would not only appreciate uh, your prayers and support, but he, like he said, um, they have a big mission out there uh, and lots going on. We pray that you all continue on the mission of following Jesus, loving others, and reaching the lost.